Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Today, a lot is changing in real estate, and one of the big changes we see is the changing role of the real estate professionals that help us. Real estate investors can benefit from their expertise, market knowledge, and relationships. But is it worth the cost? We'll be talking about that today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. If you've been listening to the Real Estate Guys for a while, then you've heard about the legendary Investor Summit. Simply put, it's the highest level event we do, and the content, faculty, and attendees are amazing. If you're serious about taking your real estate investment to the next level, consider joining us. You'll spend an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals, and you'll have a blast. It all begins April 6, 2018 in Fort Lauderdale. Some alumni have already booked more than half of the cabins, but public registration is now open. So visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more. We spend two days on land learning and networking, then jump aboard a luxury cruise ship for more classes, roundtable discussions, great dinner conversations, and a ton of fun. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to spend a week with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 16th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms, with me as usual. Financial strategist, co-host, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. Also, this week, it is our long-term contributor, real estate broker, and real estate investor in seven different decades, Bob Helms. Gentlemen, what a pleasure to be once again on the Real Estate Guys Network. Absolutely. And as we get ready for a new year, two things. First of all, welcome to Dallas, Texas listeners. You may have no idea who the Real Estate Guys are, but we've been broadcasting on conventional radio for 20 years just now in Dallas, Texas. So great to be here. Last few weeks, we've been talking about the bubbles. We talked the week before that about setting your real estate goals moving forward. And this week, I thought since we had you here, Bob, we'd spend some time talking about one of the most crucial relationships we have, and that's our agent and broker relationships. There are lots of reasons to use a real estate broker or agent. And today, by the way, we'll be using those terms interchangeably. When you hear the term Realtor, that is a member of the National Association of Realtors. That's not a title you can use unless you are a member. But when we say real estate agent, that's generally a licensing level. A real estate broker is a higher licensing level. It varies all over. And because we have listeners in more than 190 countries, there's markets where there is no legal requirement. But today, when we say agent or broker, here's what we mean. The person representing you for a fee in the purchase or the sale of a property. So with that said, this caught our eye and an article came out about a study that was done. And there were several of these studies. I remember when we were practicing real estate actively, Bob, we saw several of these studies that came out that showed time and time again, you made more money and netted more money as a seller of a single family home by using a broker than by not. And that was just a lot of studies that we saw over the years. This study just came out in November by Collateral Analytics, a leading real estate research firm, two economists with real estate background and experience, Michael Sklars and Norm Miller, put together this study based on more than 1.3 million home sales in a variety of markets, 770 different zip codes in the U.S., avoiding the bubble markets and the doldrum markets. So they stayed out of highly, highly inflated real estate markets, and they stayed out of the markets where it takes three years to sell a property and focused on places like Dallas, Virginia, even parts of Los Angeles, to come up with their findings, which basically say the same thing 
a real estate agent can net you more than selling it on your own. That's an interesting point that we're still getting the same result, even though the technology and the opportunity and the interface with agents has changed notably. Part of this is about the data explosion. Interestingly enough, one of the companies that we talk about is Zillow Corporation. Zillow Corporation has been around for about 11 years, originally founded by a couple of Microsoft guys in Seattle. No surprise, because what Zillow offers is the most comprehensive database on those sales from which those statistics arrive. And they've also offered a lot of other services, making the search for real estate much more friendly for your average user who could consider doing all this and often does without a realtor at all. So that's part of what we're going to talk about today is is what does the agent do in a transaction and does it make sense to use an agent when I can just go on Trulia or Yahoo Homes or Realtor.com and find out all the information I need? Well, I, th- I think it really starts with just taking a look at the uh, kind of the history of and role of a real estate agent. It's evolved like a lot of things have. You know, I'm, I, I'm old enough to remember, and this is really going to show how old I am and Bob, you'll remember this. <laughs> Robert, you might remember this too. But I remember getting up in the morning and going out to the porch and there would be bottles of milk that had been delivered by the milkman. Think about that. I've seen movies where they've done that. Yeah. That's how we used to get our milk. We'd get fresh milk. The milkman would come around in a refrigerated truck and he would drop off these glass bottles in a wire basket and put them on our front porch, ring the bell, and we'd come get them and put them in the refrigerator. That was when I was a little boy. So now, I mean, think about that today. I remember when I used to be able to go to the gas station and get my tires checked and my oil checked and my windshield wipers, uh, my windshield, you know, cleaned and they would fill up the gas. They would do all that stuff for you. The point is, is that in many industries, because of technology, because of the way society has changed, because of the uh, desire to try to find ways to cut costs and find extra value, all kinds of reasons why the roles of different people in different businesses have changed. And the real estate agent is no different. Well, let's spend just a minute on this. We don't want to spend five hours in the history of real estate agents. But the fact is the core job of the agent to represent you arm's length third party has not changed. The way they do that job has changed a ton. Back in the day when we started selling real estate, there was no internet. There was a book of listings that came out in our MLS once a week. And we were the sole purveyors of the content of where homes were for sale. You had the for sale by owners, and then you had organized real estate. And it was a huge advantage. That has, of course, completely been uh, obliterated today, where every bit of detail about every listing is available to anybody who wants to look on lots of different sites. Agents were a little bit hesitant and a little bit scared and worried when this change happened, like, what's my value? But the big thing, and we talked a little about this as we were preparing for the show today, is that your mission as a real estate broker or agent is to make sure you add more value than you take. Yeah, I've got to pay to hire a, a broker or an agent to represent me, but if they can net me more money, it's not really a cost. It's an investment. And so that's the premise. This article came out about this study, and wow, that's interesting that it's the same result they came to, the same conclusion they came to 30 years ago, even though the way an agent works is totally different. So today, the top sites that people go to to look for homes are Zillow, Yahoo Homes, Trulia, 
and then the realtor's site. That's the top places people go when they're shopping. And what's interesting, one of the points in this report is that still the majority of people that use those sites use a real estate agent. There are times when it might make sense not to. And so I think if, if we're coming at this from the point of, okay, technology's changed, people are more do-it-themselves, they want to have access to the information, not be reliant on a real estate, that's great. It's actually better for everybody. Better for the real estate agent to let the prospect or the client go out and find out what they want to find, spend as much time as they want to spend, and then get to the point where they really do need the agent's help. So... If you're going to think about not using an agent, and a lot of people recommend that. We don't, by the way. For ever, ever since the beginning of the show, we've always said, find a great agent, pay them well, make sure you're loyal to them and they'll be loyal to you. I mean, that's kind of our bent on this, and that has served us very well. But not everyone thinks that way. Some people think, well, I might save the commission. And let's face it, as real estate prices are going up, that amount thereafter is a bigger and bigger number. Yeah, well, I think it goes back to really what does a real estate agent really do? In the beginning, you know, a lot of people relied upon them to find the inventory. Their job was to go find the inventory. Said, well, I'm looking for a house, go find me a house. And they would go do that. And so then they had control over where all the listings were. They had access to the inventory, that MLS book you talked about. Today, that's not the issue. Well, it's not in the U.S., in many of the markets that people hear our show in, there is no organized real estate right. yet. So depending on where you are and where you're investing, you're at some level of this. You could say the United States is the furthest along, but I don't know that that's necessarily true because it's like leapfrog. But certainly for these companies, like you've talked about, Bob, they need a big installed base of a lot of houses and a lot of buyers and a lot of sellers for it to make sense. If I go to a little market where there's only 100,000 people, I can't put together the infrastructure needed to compete in that way. But if there's millions and millions and millions of people, then I can. Yeah, and that, that's the key. So, you you know, depending on where you're buying, I suppose you may decide you need one for that purpose or not. Because if you're out there trying to find something that isn't part of a big database somewhere that can be easily mined, you know, all the major markets are going to be very represented pretty much all around the world because you have that critical mass. There's really a discussion of disruptive technology and how much can you ask technology to do for you versus what a human being can do for you. But the real estate agent's job uh, in the beginning was to help find the inventory and then negotiate the deal. And there's a big uh, story to be talked about, I think, in the role of the negotiating. You mentioned earlier and kind of threw it out casually, Robert, but it's worth talking about. It's this concept of being arm's length. And here's what I'll say. I'll say a couple things. One is, you know, when I went into the mortgage business, you guys both come from the real estate brokerage side. I come from the mortgage side. In the mortgage side, it was the same thing. Everybody said, oh, loans are just about rates and applications, and we can automate all that and put it on the internet. And I went into the mortgage business right as all that was happening, and everybody said I was crazy. And I just said, you know what? I disagree, because I think that this is an emotional decision, and this is a major financial decision. And this is a decision where someone is going to make a very important commitment, a 30-year commitment to send a 30% of their income somewhat place, they're going to want to have someone they view as a professional to interject wisdom into the available information. Yes, I, they can look at underwriting guidelines. They can look at a form and see what information they have to fill in the blanks. They can look at rates and they can calculate payments and they can see truth in lending statements. They can do all that. But how do they decide, is this right for me in my unique situation? So I think a professional in any high-end sale and real estate or the financing involved in real estate 
is it, there is a certain amount of professional wisdom that can be applied. Now, I know we're entering the age of artificial intelligence and maybe every single thing a human being could ever do or a function they could serve in any economy could be eventually done by robots. We're not there yet, I think, when it comes to this stuff. And so because people are emotional creatures and buy and sell decisions are not just made based on logic, but based on who they like, I mean, especially when you're talking about homes, right? You guys could tell stories about people who said, you know what? I could have gotten a better price, but this neighborhood is my neighborhood. I raised my kids in this fam- this home. Uh, I-, I want this family to have it because I just connected with them at a human level. How do you put that into software? I'm not sure you can do that. The agent has several jobs, but the primary thing the agent has to do to demonstrate his worth is to bring value to that customer, that buyer or seller. And if you look at his task, he's also concerned about what do I have to do to educate that buyer or seller? There's only so much they're going to find. If they have the ability and have computer skills, they can find an awful lot about the property. And as you noted, Robert, that's an advantage to the agent because that fills part of the bill of learning what you need to know to to enter into a transaction. So the agent needs to make sure that his client is sufficiently educated to be able to make the right decisions. How do you make that happen? It can be supplemented by clients searching the internet, but they don't all have equal skills. They don't all have equal backgrounds. Some of them will soak it up and get it and be ready to rip. Others are still wanting to know much more than they found by just being on the computer. Well, there's this whole thing about you don't know what you don't know. If you've never represented a a legal transaction as big as a real estate transaction, you probably don't even know the questions to ask. Most of us couldn't just all of a sudden go into the operating room and do surgery because we haven't had the training. Sure, we've watched a lot of it on TV. Maybe we've had a loved one go through it and been in the waiting room. But until you've trained for hours and hours and months and months and years and years, you're not qualified. There's some things that the agent or the broker does that have that level of, as you said, Russ, wisdom. It's not how to fill out the form. It's knowing which side of the tracks in this particular area is going to be a better experience for the investor and tenant. Because again, our show, we're mostly investor centric. So the majority of real estate transactions are homeowners buying or selling the home they live in. That's a little different than the person who's investing for the ROI and for the gain and so forth. But still, we rely as investors, I think, even more so on broker and agent expertise, knowledge, and relationship. So let's just step back and talk about what does an agent do? They're going to represent you legally. There's a legal contract and there's many pitfalls and laws and local customs that they know about that you may not know about. Number two, they're going to represent you third party, that arm's length. Here's why that's important. If somebody walks in my open house and I'm a for sale by owner and they're a great negotiator and I'm not, I could give up a lot. Whereas a professional who is not the homeowner, a broker, an agent, a third party is going to be arm's length and going to be able to preserve that extra amount because they're a better negotiator, because they're not emotionally attached. And third, they have a fiduciary duty, which means they have to legally hold their client at the highest level possible. None of that is true in a principle-to-principle transaction. If I'm a buyer and I walk in to a for sale by owner, am I expecting to pay as much? 
No, I know that that person, I know a lot about them already. I know what the transaction's gonna look like. I know how they're gonna show up because they've already said to me, I'm trying to save the commission. They've already said to me, I don't value the role of the professional. So I know a ton, not that I wouldn't do it, but I would have the upper hand in negotiation. I think that's part of the point here. So those are the three things that are, are, are important. Beyond that, they are going to counsel you through the soft skills that you talked about, Russ. They're gonna be empathetic. They've, they've been through this a lot. For an individual in a home, there's the whole emotional side, there's moving the kids, there's the schools. I know when we moved, our realtor was awesome acclimating us to the neighborhood. Oh my gosh, here's the store you want to go to and why. Don't go over here. Here's the greatest restaurant. Stay away from this. Do you guys like Chinese food? Let me take you to the best place. All those things that I could figure out on Yelp, maybe, but my agent earned the right to have an opinion, having lived in the area for so long and added so much value. We did nothing but refer her to all kinds of people because that's, we, we had a great experience. That Those are the, the soft skills part of it. Then, there's the understanding of the timeline and the networks that agents have. The best listings often are sold before they ever hit the MLS. That's really true in investment property. All the very best real estate transactions we've ever been involved with in our career, we were the only ones shown the deal or on a very short list. It never made LoopNet, it never made the MLS. Back in the day, we used to joke that the only stuff we put on the MLS is the stuff that we couldn't sell without it, right? MLS is a great tool. At the same time, recognize that your agent does have relationships, key individuals, referrals to other providers. I mean, how would you know which title company or which closing attorney or which inspector to use? How would you know? Your agent who's been in the business for 20 years can say, let me tell you why we use this roofer. Right? I mean, how many great referrals do we get to those kinds of people from maybe people in our agent community? Now, obviously, we have a bent. We have a positive feeling about agents, but not every agent. So you've also got to figure out how I pick the right agent. You know, there's there's so much that you guys could probably tell that any one of us could just monologue on this for at least an hour and do the whole show by ourselves because we have so much energy on the subject. But there was a couple of things, Robert, that you said there that I think are interesting. You talked about the idea, well, I wouldn't do my own surgery. You know, I'm not qualified. Well, you know what? Even if you were qualified, there's a reason they don't let surgeons operate on loved ones because it's emotional. Yep. And so having a professional involved takes a lot of that emotion. I can make great decisions decisions when I'm managing somebody else's money. You know who I suck at managing money for? Me. Right. I get too attached to it. I get too worried about making a mistake. I overthink or whatever, or I'm sloppy for whatever reason. So there's a lot to be said for having a third party involved. The other thing is you talked about negotiating skills, and I think we should come back to that after the break. But, but think about this. If you, how much time are you going to spend developing a skill as a, I'm talking homeowners now. Maybe as a real estate investor, you should spend more time. That's why we teach a class on this. But but let's just say, as a homeowner, you're going to move, what, three, every once every three to five years, five to seven years, whatever it is. So I'm going to put in a bunch of time learning negotiation skills for maybe a transaction I'm going to do four or five times in my lifetime compared to somebody who's doing that transaction maybe four or five times a week. You know, the, you're going to have a lot more skill, a lot more knowledge of the marketplace, a lot more of your thumb on the pulse of what a person needs. So when we come back from the break, I'd like to talk a little bit more about really what happens in a negotiation and how a professional can negotiate on your behalf. And this is true whether you're talking as a homeowner, 
or as a professional investor. And there's a whole lot of reasons why as a professional investor, you want to work closely with agents. The role of the real estate agent and broker is changing. That's what we're talking about today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. This portion of the Real Estate Guys radio program is brought to you by International Coffee Farms, where you can own a parcel of land in your very own specialty coffee farm in Panama for as little as $15,000. Here's how it works. Deeded half-acre parcels entitled Specialty Coffee Farms in Boquete, Panama are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts. Sustainable average income is estimated at 12% and cash flow can begin within 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm is committed to a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the Panamanian coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates nine specialty coffee farms with half-acre parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a coffee farm owner in Paquete, Panama, email coffee at realestateguysradio.com. That's coffee at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hi, this is Kim Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Woman, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. We thought we would bring you a show on working with agents because it's changing. It's changing a lot. And uh, we've talked about you know, some of the things that an agent does with the premise of you recognizing the value, but also deciding, hey, if I were going to take this on and do it myself, as long as I can do all the functions, maybe it makes sense for me. So, Russ, we were talking about specifically negotiating, and it's like when you say, I'm going to go down to the car lot and buy a car. Instantly, you're like, oh, like that whole experience. Now, some of this has changed. I recently went to a car dealership and had a very different experience to every other time I've been where it's just worn me out because talk about professional negotiators. Or have you ever been to a timeshare sales presentation? Oh, my gosh. Here's something you don't need. Probably doesn't make economic sense for most people, although for some it can. And you get a world-class closer who talks you into something you had no intention of buying when you step foot in the place. Those are great salespeople. 
When I'm in a transaction, I want them working for me. So negotiation is critical. Well, I think it's especially critical because if you're assuming that you're only ever going to be doing a transaction when financing is readily available, when everything closes and happens, you know, as scheduled on time, that's great. When things start to go sideways, when someone's loan doesn't come through, when the financing falls apart and there is no backup offer and you need to get your deal done, now you've got to get creative. And how do you get creative if you have zero experience in putting together creative deals. How do you figure out how to negotiate with someone who has an emotional reaction to a negative event? Uh, Maybe you had control, maybe you didn't have control, but now you've got emotions flaring, you've got uh, needs on both sides, maybe that are communicated, maybe aren't. Maybe they are communicated, but not in context. There's a real art form to negotiating a win-win, and it's part financial strategy, which I like, but it's also a lot of just getting people's needs out on the table. And you know, if you think the other person on the other end of the transaction is your adversary, you don't put your needs on the table. And so the a skilled salesperson can can play a neutral role, almost like a mediator, and be in the middle of a transaction, win the trust of parties on both sides, and then pull out what they're looking for, what their deal killers are, where they're willing to negotiate, and then begin to craft a win-win transaction where people can put a deal together and get it done. Well, I'll stop there because I agree with what you say, but here's what's even more critical when it comes to real estate transactions. It's usually not one person who's new. They aren't just a neutral person. They're your advocate. The agent on your side of the transaction representing you as a seller or you as a buyer isn't just trying to treat both sides fair. They're trying to get an unfair advantage and they often can. Yeah. Well, but my point is, is it's a lot easier for them to earn the trust. I mean, you watch these old movies, these old TV shows, you know, good cop, bad cop. The good cop and the bad cop are both on the same side, but they're working the person in order to get them to give up information and to get them into a position of bargaining. Now, I'm not saying you should go in there and beat up, you know, the person I don't believe in those kind of deals, but I am saying there's something to be said for having professional negotiators involved in transactions, especially when you're trying to get the best price, when you're trying to get the best terms, when you are trying to market something where there aren't a lot of people bidding, maybe it's unique or you're in a marketplace that is uh, you know, slow for whatever reason and you need to get a deal done. Uh, so you have all of those things going on. So you know, a real estate agent is going to come in. They're going to help create a market, not just whatever is available on the internet, but through their social network, as you talked about. Great agents will have great networks. They're going to bring in street smarts, not just something you looked up on the internet about crime rates and what's going on with the school district and what the supply and demand and rent trends are based on what happened in the survey that was taken six months ago go. But what's going on right now? Where's the trend right now? Where's the pocket of opportunity right now? If you're not living, breathing in those streets every day as a professional, you don't know really the market. And a great agent is going to know their market like the back of their hand, and they can tell you where those opportunities are going to be. And they can tell you what people are looking for. And here's the other thing is when you finally get to a place where you've got a decision, a buyer or seller is ready to make a commitment, People always have buyer's remorse. They second guess the decision right at the time. When you go to pick that pen up, it weighs like 5,000 pounds (laughs) and there's a hesitation and a skilled salesperson helps people implement the decision they've already made. They want to do it. They understand the logic behind doing it. But at that moment of commitment, 
they back up because they're afraid they're going to make a mistake. And when you have a professional involved who can overcome that inertia and get them over the hump to actually execute the deal, that can be the difference between getting it done and not getting it done. And when you don't have a professional involved, you lose all of that. One key thought, that agent wants a win-win transaction. They don't lose sight of that. Yes, they're trying to get the things that will give you an advantage for the things you need. They also have to consider what the other party needs, but the ultimate goal is to get a transaction that works for both parties and as much as possible, a win-win outcome. You know, it's interesting because we think that two people on the two sides of the table want opposite things, but it's really not true. And I learned this from you, Bob. It's very common that you can please both parties. There's only one thing really that they're pulling tug roping on, and that's the price. The buyer wants to pay less, the seller wants more. But everything else, the buyer wants to buy, the seller wants to sell. The buyer likes the school district, the seller like the school district. The buyer wants to know what the area is like. The seller knows what this area is like. They want it to happen in a time frame. I mean, I put my house on the market. I want to sell in 30 days. The buyer wants to buy it now and they want to move in in 30 days. I mean, there's so many things that are aligned. And if you can get to that stated or unstated objective of theirs, then you're helping enable that to happen. And brokers and agents are third parties that can do that. When it's just principles, it's not going to happen. They're always going to come from a point of clashing. Now, in the study specifically, it talks about how much more you can make by using an agent. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Plus, we're going to play Real Estate Trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Robert Kiyosaki's asset protection attorney and the author of Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. As an American or foreign-based investor in U.S. real estate, you know we are a litigious society. You know that you need to protect your real estate, paper, and bullion holdings with the right mix of LLCs and corporations. Our firm, Corporate Direct, not only forms these entities, but importantly, we properly maintain them too. If you fail to follow the corporate formalities, you can lose it all in an instant. Corporate Direct is your source for LLC protection and maintenance in all 50 states. Visit CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention the Real Estate Guys for a free bonus. That's 800-600-1760 or CorporateDirect.com. We look forward to assisting you at CorporateDirect.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. 
Hi, this is Anthony Melchior from Hotel Impossible, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We hope you're having an amazing time with friends and family and loved ones. And we're talking today about people that can become trusted advisors and friends and really part of our network. We're big believers in team. We're talking about the important role and changing role of the real estate agent, our broker. Before we continue that discussion, it's time to play real estate trivia. Your chance to win a prize based on your knowledge or at least your ability to guess. Uh, Today we've got a real estate trivia question that of course has something to do with this time of year and as soon as you hear it and think you know the answer, send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com trivia at realestateguysradio.com Here's what you need to include, your name, the answer to the question, and your physical mailing address because if you're the first person with the right answer, we're going to send you a copy of the brand new 20th anniversary edition of Rich Dad Poor Dad. Our friend Robert Kiyosaki has gone back and amplified this book. He's enhanced it. It's just just went through reading it. It's funny I first read the book in Hawaii years ago, so I was back in Hawaii and read it again, the 20th anniversary. In fact, I sent a picture to Robert of me reading the book by the pool, and he said, well, you've got great taste in reading materials, my friend. Anyway, uh, that book can be yours. And whether you've read the book already, you're going to want to read the 20th anniversary edition. Great stuff from Robert Kiyosaki. Last week on the show, we talked about real estate bubbles and what you can do to be proactive about that. We asked this, name the world's largest canyon. And the big hint is it's not the Grand Canyon. Well, the answer is it's in Tibet. It's the Sangpo Canyon, which actually holds the title as the planet's biggest and deepest canyon. The Grand Canyon is the runner-up. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. What country is the North Pole in? What country is the North Pole part of? If you know or want to take a guess, send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address, and you could be the winner of the 20th anniversary edition of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. All you have to do is be the first with the right answer. What country is the North Pole in? That's today's real estate trivia question. We're talking about the changing role of the real estate agent. And uh, specifically, we were talking about a study that's just been done by Collateral Analytics about what a seller nets when they use an agent versus when they don't. And basically, uh, more than 1.3 million sales and uh, the aggregation of all that says that a for sale by owner generally receives 5.5% less than a seller that lists with a realtor. Now you might say, well, yeah, but a lot of agents charge 6% or 8% or 5%, whatever the number is. So imagine that we say it's 6%. Real estate commissions aren't fixed. They're different in different parts of the world. They're different in different marketplaces. Today in hot markets, agents are getting their fees negotiated. In a slow-moving market, sometimes you got to pay a bonus to your agent. So, But let's just take an example of 6% out of the air. If it costs me 6%, but I only gave up 5.5%, aren't I half a percent ahead? Well, yeah, but for that half a percent, guess what you had to do? All of the work. The example they used in the article was a house that would cost $300,000. The part they saved was $1,500. So for $1,500, are you going to get all the work done? Are you going to prepare the flyers and brochures and websites? Are you going to hold the house open? Are you going to negotiate? Are you going to meet with the title company or closing attorney? Are you going to go through the whole process of the inspections and access to the house every time the roofer or the termite person needs to come by? I mean, all that is that worth half a percent. And then that's average. So what about the case when you're not average, where you gave up 8% versus the person that used a professional? So in my mind, you could save that money if you were willing to do the work. The question is, 
what are you giving up? Well, I think the big distinction here is the difference between being a consumer and being an investor. Because when you are working with a professional, you're doing more than one transaction. You're doing several transactions uh, if you're an investor, right? Part of what you're doing is getting yourself into the deal flow. If you are paying someone a commission for doing a job for you that you really wouldn't want to do, even if you have to give up a little bit, I don't think you do. I think it's the opposite. You know, I think you actually make more. Uh, but you also get yourself in the deal flow because these are people who are out there working in a community. So, you know, there is something to be said for your network. You know, if you are just two ships passing in a night, if I'm a homeowner and I'm selling my property, I'm leaving the area, I list with an agent that I'm never going to see again the rest of my life. I think, you know what? I don't care. There's nothing left for me in this market. I'm moving to, you know, Cleveland, Ohio from, you know, Seattle, Washington or whatever. So I'm going to just sell the house myself, keep the commission and go. All right. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. I, I would say based on the study, probably not. But when you're talking about being an investor who's going to be active in a community, in a marketplace, and you're going to be looking for deal flow, you're going to be looking for relationships, you're going to be looking for insider opportunities, you're going to want to be feeding the people who are part of your network. And I think that mathematically, it doesn't cost you anything. It actually makes you money. Well, especially if you get access to deals. I remember the very first time, many, many years ago, we had Robert Kiyosaki on the show. We barely knew the guy. And one of the things he said on that very first interview was, I tend to pay my real estate agents more than the going rate. I'm like, really? More? He goes, oh, yeah, because I want to be very first in line. When they get an amazing deal, I don't want them to put on the MLS. I want them to call me. You go to a crowded bar and you want to get in and they got the long line. You walk up and you throw a couple of 20s at the guy you're in. Well, that's a way. The <laughs> other way is if you're the guy that shows up every week, you just show your face right. and you're in. It's not about the transaction in this case. It's about the relationship. Exactly. And if you will use an agent and have loyalty to them, make sure it's the right agent. And that's another show. But make sure you've got the right person and you've done all the research and got the referral and so forth. But if it is, give that person your business because it's a two-way street. When they have that unbelievable killer deal, here's what happens. Somebody comes into the office and says, listen, Mr. Agent, I know this, this rental property is worth X but I have to sell it in the next 48 hours. I'm in a situation where I just need the cash and I'll take half of X if you can bring me a deal. Agents have to be very careful before they would personally buy the property. There's a whole issue around that. But could they go to their database and say, listen, I've got a client with a need. Who can close this thing in 48 hours? I mean, I want to be on the receiving end of that. Does that happen? It just happened to a friend of mine three weeks ago, that very scenario. Now, in this case, he bought it, but he bought it with full disclosure and explained to the guy, listen, if I gave it more marketing time, I believe we could get, achieve your price of X or very close to it. But if you really need to be out, the only person I personally know that can do that fast enough is me. And he had his broker come up with all the disclosure statements and the guy signed and the guy was happy as can be. And this guy got a great deal. Does that happen in real estate? All the time. Do you think they'll ever do another transaction together? All the time. Oh, absolutely. As soon as, as soon as I'm on the receiving end of that phone call from that broker, I'm like, when's the next one? Keep it coming. I, I think the, the main point of this as we're kind of winding down is that it's really important for you to understand that your business as a professional real estate investor is to build a network of people who are going to feed you money, deals, information, 
and just have your back. And the way you do that is by having their back. And so if you have a transaction, you know, if, if you need a real estate agent's commission to make your deal pencil, you probably don't have a real deal. And I think the argument here, you know, obviously we're all very, very, very pro-agent for lots and lots of reasons. I wasn't an agent, so I don't have a dog in that hunt, but I am a big believer in using professionals if you want a professional job done. And I mean, even bigger proponent of making sure that when you want to infiltrate a marketplace, you have to build relationships with A players. And the way you get their attention is by being a great client and giving them what they need. If someone's holding themselves out in service, and I don't care, it can be a mortgage broker, it can be a property manager, it can be a general contractor, it can be a roofing inspector, it can be a title company, I don't care who it is, they're all connected. They all know everybody, they see all the deals, they see all the transactions. If you want to be in that network, then you need to find a way to ingratiate yourself to those people so that they want to see you happy. And the easiest way to do that is to hire them to do the work. You shouldn't hire them if they're not great, but you should happily pay them if they are because you get a whole lot more than the service. You get the relationship, you get the network, you get the deal flow, you get the inside information and all of those things that are really somewhat intangible, but extremely valuable in building your business. We're talking about the changing role of the real estate agent today with technology shifting and all of that. And some things are age old and have stayed the same and some are different. We'll talk about some of those different things when we come back. You tune to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years could be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. For more information, qualified accredited investors should email coconuts at realestateguysradio.com. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. Email coconuts at realestateguysradio.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. For more information, email coconuts at realestateguysradio.com. Forbes rated Memphis the best cash flow market in the nation. And our good friend Terry Kerr at Mid-South Homebuyers has been the premier turnkey rental property provider in Memphis for over 13 years. With an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau, Terry has renovated over 750 houses. Real Estate Guys listeners have snapped up hundreds. Discover what these satisfied investors already know. Mid-South's properties are completely renovated with a one-year warranty and a lifelong rental guarantee. They're affordable, well-managed, and easy to own. Perfect for beginning investors and veterans alike. Get in on the action. Contact Terry and his team via email at midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. Hi there, this is Danielle DiMartino Booth, author of Fed Up, an insider's take on why the Federal Reserve is bad for America, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program, and happy new year. A brand new spanking clean year is here, and we're excited about it. Hope you had a fabulous holiday season. We've got a ton of great stuff planned for 2018. 
Lots of great guests, lots of great events. Find out all the details at realestateguysradio.com. We've got the godfather of real estate with us who's been in the real estate brokerage business a long time and also been an investor in seven different decades. We're talking about the changing role of the real estate broker or agent. And you know, Bob, back in the day, you'd uh, load them up in your car, you'd have the MLS book highlighted. They had highlighters back then, right? They did have highlighters. Yeah, and you'd go out with your notes and you'd show houses and so forth. Today, one of the big changes is the agent does a lot less of that. Listing agents use technology to help exhibit the properties. So we get virtual tours and we get a lot of the reports and the due diligence and rent rolls and all those things can be electronic. Today, the big brokerages that work in investment property often have every bit of information you might need available on a password protected site. Sometimes you have to sign an NDA to get that, but the information that you need hasn't changed, but the ability to access it has. In the old days when we would make an offer on a 100-unit apartment building, we'd have to go get a physical packet of all the copies of the rent rolls and the landscaping contracts and the utilities and all that stuff. Today, it's all at our fingertips, and there are better tools out there. And so I think one of the great things about technology and the changing role of the agent is it's less about the data and more about the wisdom. It's also about the structure of some of the companies. When you and I were a father-son team for 18 years, most of our time was spent with one very large, very successful company. That company had 17 offices, was the 25th largest realtor in America. They had clout, they had knowledge, and yet for all that, we didn't have an awful lot of people who were specializing in investments. You and I had a great time doing that. What's changed in terms of the organization of some of the big companies is they no longer are grouped in one place. There are companies out there that are spread all over the U.S., so that means their individual licensees are licensed in different states, but they still have team performance it's possible for me to be an agent on a team that has my team members in other states. So I get to globalize the marketing, if you will. I get to take advantage of having team members with different experiences. So we get to help each other with our knowledge base. So there's a lot of different pieces of the organization that have changed. There is virtually no change in selling skills. It is the same game. If you're going to be really successful at the game of being a real estate agent, you must know your trade. You must bring value to clients if you expect them to use you. And you know what? It's not hard. One of the things this report talks about specifically is agents' knowledge of things like staging property. Might be less important in investment property, but not necessarily. The fact that the, and we talked about this, that the broker knows exactly what buyers are looking for in a market and what the market will bear and all those kinds of things. But that negotiating thing is also huge. You know, in fact, Bob, you just had a client who sold a house and through a, a broker that uh, you know, and this broker did a masterful job. It's a hot, hot, hot market. There were multiple offers. They knew there would be. And this agent went to the other agents and said, hey, just so you know, we have a lot of activity. My recommendation would be to really, really sharpen your pencil. Because of that communication, this couple got $250,000 more than their asking price and a 10-day cash close. That probably wouldn't have happened if there hadn't have been an agent involved. There would have been no advocate delivering that information. So you're exactly right. That was the primary key in that case. Now, a couple other things to think about. Not that we want to first go here, which is why we're saying this at the end of the program, but 
Remember that an agent has things like E&O insurance. Their big company is well-funded and well-financed. And if there were to be a problem with disclosure or title or any of that kind of stuff, if you don't have a real estate professional involved, you're on your own. Well, uh, yeah, take it take it back a little bit too, because they're going to know where the landmines are. They're going to have access to vetted forms. You know, there's forms that the National Association of Realtors, all the local associations have that are only for use by people who are members of the association. These forms have been vetted through all kinds of legal precedent. And every time something goes on, the army of lawyers goes in there and tightens it up. And so you almost, and I'm not saying you should, but you almost can just sign where they say to sign and not even look at it because the thing is so tight, right? When you get into commercial or investment, you're starting to use custom contracts. Now you have to have your own attorney looking over everything. Well, you know, if you're handling your own transactions and you're not bringing in a real estate professional, at the very least, you're going to be spending a lot of money on a real estate attorney to help you. And so you're not saving as much as you thought you were. And the other thing is, is that in the course of representing or misrepresenting or omitting, because sometimes you say, hey, I didn't lie. I just didn't tell them. Well, that's an omission. Yeah. That's what errors in omission insurance is all about. And I'm guessing if you are representing yourself, you don't have that. And so there's there's landmines you can step on. Of course, you know, this show is not really about talking to homeowners and consumers. We're talking to people who are investors who are going to be frequent consumers of real estate services and their path of accumulating, managing, refinancing, and disposing of uh, assets as they're managing your portfolio. But they may not have done it yet. But they may not have done it yet. And so, you know, if you're out there listening and you're on the front end of this experience, I think the big takeaway is, look, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. You don't want the cheapest attorney. You don't want to be the do-it-yourself anything. Your job is to do deals that have profit, that pay everybody. And if you have the right team, uh, we have a good friend who says all the time, look, the best people don't cost you money. They make you money. Now, just because someone's expensive doesn't mean they're good. And just because someone's cheap doesn't mean they're bad. You have to do your homework on their skills. But most people can't get away with charging a decent rate in a marketplace very long if they aren't pretty good at what they do. And so don't be afraid to pay for services that you need. Just make sure an ROI, I always say, is 100% up to you. So if you pay somebody for a service, get all of the service. Get everything you can. You're looking for more than just the information about the, the deal. You're looking, as we've said earlier, about the relationship, about uh, ongoing opportunities, all of the things that a professional is going to bring. And Robert, to your point, they're going to come along with insurance. They're going to come along with a legal team. They're going to come along with the ability to keep you out of trouble when you don't even know what you don't know. And this is especially true when you're operating outside of a market you know well, or you're operating in a new market for the very first time, or you're operating in multiple markets where it's easy to forget the rules because the rules are different in different markets. Real estate investing is a team sport and an important part of your team as your real estate agents and brokers. We'll take this uh, time of the show to salute all the professionals that listen to our program, all the great brokers and agents out there that are helping people People live out their real estate investing dreams. Next week, as we enter a brand new year, we're going to hear from lots of folks who are going to make their predictions about the real estate market and beyond in 2018. Until then, go on and make some equity happen. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and I'm very excited that I'll be joining the real estate guys for their investor real estate summit at sea. Join me, join my friends, join the real estate guys investor summit at sea, and I'll see you out there. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. 
powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.